This is Jason. And I'm Rob. From Nonpoint, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch to broaden our horizons. We've been real excited about doing a lot of interviews this year. And we've spoken with quite a few really fascinating musicians and gotten to hear their stories and what they're up to and all that. And uh, we decided that one of the next steps that we want to start venturing out into a little bit more is speaking with people who do things besides music in the music industry. And that kind of started back in episode 89 when we spoke with Amy Chiaretto of Adam Splitter Public Relations. And uh, it's expanded since then. We've been toying with, okay, what should we do? How should we go about this uh, ever since then? And a name that kept popping up was one Francesca Ludicar, who is a photographer, graphic designer. Uh, at this point, she just calls herself a full-on creative director and an artist manager. And she's <laughs> got a lot of experience working with Nonpoint and Sumo Psycho, who we've spoken with in the past. So when we're trying to think of who we should start this itch on the industry series of interviews with she was really the first person that came to mind yeah and we've we've wanted to talk with her for a while actually since we've started doing the the interviews with nonpoint just because we sort of knew her backstory a little bit but then we were able to interview sky as well so we got even more background that's what I was going to say is that it, it became more intriguing to me after we talked with Sky and hearing about Francesca going out on tour with them. That's where I, you know, I wanted to kind of find out more. Um, I was definitely intrigued about how that whole process and, and just that scariness of, of jumping all in, uh, how that all went down. <laughs> right. <laughs> so in a sense, this is like almost like a part three or four. Because <laughs> uh, you could go back and listen to our interviews with Nonpoint and the conversation with Sky, and they talk about her. So you get this like introduction to who Francesca is before we even bring her up right now. And so it's almost like uh, it's it's really like this conversation had been in the works and been building towards it. Like it was almost inevitable thing to happen at some point. So we're really glad it did. And one of the things that I absolutely loved about this was just understanding, like she says, all the hats that she wears, and just because you know I, I had an idea of what she did. I didn't have a clue apparently though. <laughs> she, is, she is a very busy person with all, all of the, the responsibilities that she takes care of. One other thing that really worked in her favor is that it seems like a lot of the artists that we talked to have connections to each other and seem to be kind of part of this bigger family. We mentioned, we've mentioned non-point and sumo psycho, but also those guys being friends with Joey from varsity who we spoke to and Matt James and the guys from blacktop mojo so basically, one thing we've learned that non-point associated people are good people. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so we definitely found that to be true as we spoke with, with Francesca. She was a delightful conversation. So without any further ado, here's our conversation with Francesca Ludicar. We are happy to be joined today by Francesca Ludicar. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your your time. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah. We've had a couple of conversations with the nonpoint guys before and we we're like, we need to go, we need to go deeper. We need to go behind the scenes. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Get into the nitty-gritty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. We had a it was a part joke, it's part serious. We're because we've had Jason on twice. And he's actually one, kind of one of our favorite guests. He just is very smooth, easy to get along with. Yeah. He kind of feels at home. We're like, we're going to have him and he's going to come back with a different other member of the band every time. <laughs> and then <laughs> he's just an MC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then we decided we wanted to talk with people who are in other parts of the music industry besides the actual performance part. And we're like, all right, well, we need, we need to get her on our own. So <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> The first thing, actually, before I kind of explain what we're trying to do here is we're trying to figure out exactly how to identify you, because at one point you started as a as a photographer. But at this point, I, I looked up your socials and I think you I think you've got it. At this point, you're <laughs> labeling yourself as a creative director because it's basically all the art in every mm. capacity. <laughs> 
And you're the co-founder of a record label now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Jack of all trades, as uh, as Rob Rusha says, I, I wear a lot of hats. He actually, funny enough, he got me a hat that the... Yeah, it changes. You can change with a change the title depending on what people need of me. And I told him that I wanted one that just said creator because yeah. it just sounds like godlike, like creator. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's appropriate too. So we'll kind of get into this here. So you you are the first in a series of conversations that we're trying to have actually with non-musicians in the music industry. We've talked to a lot of singers and drummers and guitarists lately. We want to learn more about the other elements of how to make music work. So we kind of have a dual focus in this interview. You've got a pretty fascinating story, as we just said, going from being, quote unquote, just a photographer to a full on label founder. Uh, <laughs> so we definitely want to hear more about kind of the chronology of that. And then also we're really interested, as we talked a little bit before we officially went on about exploring the details of the grind and what goes into being a creator in the <laughs> industry, you know, stuff that you've learned that might be helpful or inspirational to other people who have similar dreams. Yeah, I mean, that all sounds, yeah, that's about right. (laughs) (laughs) What do they call that at the beginning of like an essay where you're like, we're going to tell you what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Synopsis. It's the intro with the five points and then you go into detail of the five points. Exactly. Exactly. So those are our, our, those are our points. So we want to (laughs) hit. Our frame of reference for you starts, we've had the guys from Nonpoint on a couple of times. We also talked to Sky from Sumo Psycho. So you've been on the like peripheral of our show. You know, Sky kind of gave some background about you guys' friendship and history and the Nonpoint guys about kind of the role that you all play together now. And her story, Sky's, is that, you know, it's one going forward, starting from being in the pop world and sort of slowly moving into the rock world. Mm-hmm. And so our, our first question here is twofold. First of all, are, are there vital parts of your journey before that, before your relationship with her that are that you wanted to share. And then also historically, what musical genres are the ones that draw you? <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, um, I guess so Sky is actually, I would say she's like my origin story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I started like when I first, I wouldn't even say met Sky, but when I first heard of Sky, I was 14. So, you know, uh, before 14 years old, you probably don't want to hear much about that. It's like, yeah, I kind of doodled <laughs> in a sketchbook every now and then. <laughs> so it really does start with Sky. Um, and she was at, at 14 years old. She was performing opening for Britney Spears on the Toxic tour and was like just signed with Capitol Records and had a cr- crazy momentum really fast at a very young age. And uh you know, when you're a part of a small town and something like that is happening to someone, you hear a lot about it, <laughs> especially when they're your age. Right. And Sky lived down the street from me, just a couple houses down. So it, whenever I went to like hang out with the neighbors, you know, after school, like that's, <laughs> that's what we would talk about. And um, I didn't know her. So I was curious. So I was like Googling her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I joined her message boards back th- back then because MySpace didn't exist, mm-hmm. Facebook didn't exist, none of that existed. It was just message boards. And uh, I had to create an account to kind of be able to read stuff and figure it out. So I joined, and I think she mentioned it. I, my name was Bolton Girl. Yep. Nice. Yep. <laughs> at, the, at that time. And uh, obviously, like, because we were a small town, her family was on this message board and they're like, who's this Bolton Girl? <laughs> It's like suddenly showed up. So they figured out that I was down the street. And back then, like even at around 14, I I was playing around with Photoshop and things like that. I I started actually at 12. A funny story is I actually got into Photoshop because my brother downloaded it. He's three years older than me. (laughs) And he he did something in Photoshop where he had lightning bolt hit the CN Tower in Toronto. (laughs) And I was like, how did you do that? And he was like, you'll never figure it out. I'm like... (laughs) I'll show you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Challenge accepted. And that's how I got into Photoshop. Um, that's awesome. So uh, I was always like making graphics and stuff, even at that age. And I was making graphics on her message board. And so when Sky wasn't on tour, she was like, hey, you live down the street from me. You want to design some stuff? And 
my first job I ever did with her was designing her MySpace layout. <laughs> oh, wow. And she liked that. And so it was just, we, we kept working together. We were so close to each other. We were the same age. And we just kept working together. And, uh, you know, Sky, it's, I always think it's funny because, like, when I was 14, I didn't know who I was, even from like 14 to 18 years old. I didn't, I mean, who does at those age? Right. You know? Right. But she seemed to know who she was. And like, I kind of gravitated towards that. And she kind of like had such a confidence that she'd be like, oh, you want to try this project? And I'd be like, sure i'll figure it out and she was like yeah you'll figure it out just like this confidence of like <laughs> and i was like okay you look at the album covers for sumo psycho it's like do you think you could get a train coming barreling through <laughs> mountains with like all this apocalyptic stuff and smoke <laughs> and mountains and all this stuff and i was like okay i'll figure it out and- <laughs> <laughs> he was that that friend that really um pushed me and i i got to you know learn a lot with her mm-hmm. but uh to go to your second question the like what genres of music do i naturally gravitate to mm-hmm. funny enough like i when i was a kid and i did first start getting into this music world it was pop um and like that's mm-hmm. what sky was a part of and when she made the change over to metal and rock that was kind of a very unexpected change but I liked working with her so much that I didn't care about the genre. So I, I went with her and I trusted her as a creative. And then that pulled me in to the metal and rock world. And if you asked me, like, if I would have naturally gravitated to it, you know, I think I would have eventually because, like, getting involved in this scene, you f- hear all the nuances and the um, the depth and mm-hmm. And in the instrumentals and in the, their songs that that does get lost in in pop, like pop is like a lot more simple and metal and rock really showcase a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of different skill sets. So I think the older I got, I would have still come this way. But <laughs> <laughs> that's how I ended up in it. And like when I listen to it now, like I do, I, I listen to my clients a lot. Um, it keeps me motivated and and creative so like if you ask me what's on my playlist it's usually all music from the same genre so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah so i understand like the initial kind of one of your first publications it was the photo book with uh sumo psycho i believe it was like a tour book Mm -hmm. um can you explain whose idea that was and how it all came to fruition um it was my idea um it was because i mean and that was a couple years ago too it was i really wanted to get on tour (laughs) 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 and that was that was the motivation for me is i really wanted to to break into touring as a music photographer i'd i'd photographed a lot of local shows but to get people to make that leap and get you into the touring chapter it's hard um and so i i really wanted to get there and i i'd worked with sky for so long that i knew she wanted me there but it was always just about how to pay for it right and my argument was always well content makes money and especially a couple years ago it's becoming more and more of a norm to have content creators out on the road but it wasn't a couple of years back and so that's the thing it was like okay do we pick her who has been with us with this band the whole journey or do we bring what's more expected uh sound guy uh you know techs guitar techs uh drum techs uh you know merch <laughs> all these things right yeah i was like that was what was going against me and i was like well my argument was i don't have to cost you money you know those those people cost you money i don't have to cost you money you take my photos you put it in a book it'll make you money it'll cover what yeah. you got to pay me mm-hmm. to be there and that was part of my whole my whole pitch to to get the tour book started and moving so so you kind of talked yourself into that role sort of, of <laughs> yeah. among among other alternative options that they might have yeah. had nice yeah. all right <laughs> <laughs> so when you're on the road touring um, what are some of the main obstacles that you face as a photographer or content creator? Um, I mean, it depends on the tour and the act. 
but you know when I was first out with sumo and I was on that tour um and I the non-point guys will laugh about it with me because I I tell them all the time like they didn't get why I was there (laughs) 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 they were like okay because like sumo was the first band of the bill Mm mm-hmm you know, we had Sumo and then you had Islander and then Butcher Babies and Nonpoint were co-headlines. And they didn't understand that with if Sumo could bring out one crew person, why they wouldn't bring out a sound guide, you know, mm-hmm. or or, yeah. or those more expected. They didn't understand why they chose a photographer. <laughs> and the first few weeks, I, I kind of felt that. <laughs> <laughs> And it was one of those things that too, like musicians, they all kind of like bro down with their gear. Like that's how they all like start being friends. They're like, oh, what bass are you playing? Or, yeah. how, you know, and they all go into that and everyone looks at me and they're like, I like your camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but it's funny. And Elias will, will back this up, but uh, it probably got to like week three of that tour and he, he it, it clicked he was like i get it he was like i look at socials and he's like sumo has more they're posting more he's like we're headlining this and they're posting more yeah and more content they're selling the show and that's why uh it didn't take long for non-point to ask me to come out with them right after so quick sort of detour question off that because you, you made me think about something i never really thought of before the opportunity cost then to take you versus like a, a soundboard person a tech Mm-hmm. At that point, is, is Sumo just at the mercy of the house mm-hmm. sound guy? And that's that's it. They just go mm-hmm. with that. And then, OK, just wanted yeah. to be kind of uh, did you ever have any experiences where that in, in that <laughs> sense backfired for them? <laughs> no, Well, not no. to regret bringing you by any means, but like, oops, that's, <laughs> the sound guy is uh, not cutting the mustard not tonight. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> there's pros and cons to both like the good thing about the local sound guy at a venue is he knows that room Mm, like he works in that room all the time and every room is always different and a sound guy on tour has to adapt to the room every day and those bring hurdles every day to that person the local sound guy doesn't have that hurdle he knows where it's gonna go what the battle is and, and this is where you give kudos to to matt um, is Matt has to teach the sound person every day what he's looking for for the sound. And so he has to put that effort in, which, of course, if you did have a sound person out, they just know your sound. And yeah. that's a hurdle that's no longer yeah. there. So that that puts extra pressure on someone like him. Referring to for anybody who doesn't know, you're referring to Matt Drake of yes. Sumo Psycho, right? Yes. Yeah, that's I, I think it's funny that you mentioned that because he just from the way Sky spoke and the way like I've seen them live, and he struck me as being sort of the like she's like the creative like mastermind all over the place, and he's like the technical like rein yeah. it in kind of person. <laughs> he he's what you would call like the musical director. Like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. responsible for everything sound um, and like production, stage production. For, for the band yeah that's very interesting so yeah so you got if you have your own sound person you know as somebody that knows the band but not the venue and if you don't then you have someone that knows the venue but not the band and so yeah very, and, very interesting and depending on what kind of tour you have like if you have a tour and i mean i'm saying this like i'm an expert but music's not really my well right, <laughs> like, right. like the actual making of music's not my thing but this is from yeah. what i've learned from being out on tour but you go to places like uh house of blues that mm-hmm. sound guy that worked for that venue is going to be good because it's house of blues too yeah. so you're yeah. not taking a big risk if you have like that kind of a tour with that guy yeah that makes total sense yeah so hmm. when you're out on tour you said that uh you basically uh, maybe i misunderstood this but you were going to get paid by the the book being published afterwards so mm-hmm. how do you go about feeding yourself every day or did you <laughs> like save up for that or like, i didn't <laughs> <laughs> you're a literal starving artist on that tour <laughs> i mean sky and matt were really good they uh they have a system like sky and matt are pros at at making touring work on a budget um mm-hmm. because they are that you know especially starting out but and a couple years ago i think it's gone easier for them in more uh the more recent years mm-hmm. but when i was out with them they've got dollars and cents to work, yeah. work with <laughs> and they knew that if they got a grill and they got <laughs> they paid for groceries for like hot dogs and hamburgers and sandwiches, 
that that was a cheaper way to afford paying people out on the road for food and feeding them than just giving them money yes just buy takeout all the time so like we we had a system out on that road that like uh i would uh after the show was done usually oscar would go in the would go out on the street pull out the grill (laughs) and start making dinner (laughs) i love that that's awesome and we just need to have a whole series it'll just be it'll be you and it'll be sumo psycho and it'll be like how to do great stuff with minimal finances yeah on a budget (laughs) there's books about that kind of thing like how to plan a wedding on a budget here's how to plan a tour on a budget yeah and so (laughs) they should maybe that'll give them some more income to help their touring (laughs) (laughs) there you go and you can design the art for it it'll be perfect yeah So on that tour with Nonpoint, you kind of said that, you know, Elias, I guess about maybe one month in or so, just kind of understood or just got it. And I believe that's when they started pulling you in towards their camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that relationship started, I, I do understand that like you were, you know, you're, you're obviously a big part of their founding the 361 record label. Was that always a part of you joining their camp or, or was it more the creative process first? And then that just kind of came into into being yeah i mean i was i first when i first started working with nonpoint i was just their photographer out on the road um and i didn't really show them like you mentioned like my jack of all trades mm-hmm. i kind of didn't relay into that like right at the beginning i also didn't want to overwhelm i was just like excited that yeah <laughs> they yeah. were they were all having me out so it just started with with live music photography of them on tour and they really enjoyed that and then I kind of was like hey just so you know like I can also do merch design if you want to like <laughs> give me a t-shirt I'll uh I can do that too and they're like really and then they liked that and then it just kind of kept spawning <laughs> out and then they realized they're like oh you can do a lot um <laughs> and in those like building of that relationship it was an interesting thing because I come from, I feel like a slightly different era than they did. Like social media, like when I talk about, oh yeah, I was on message boards at 14, went into MySpace, went into Facebook. I've always kind of grown in my years with the trends of social media Mm -hmm. and they didn't have to. They're a band that's celebrating their 25th anniversary this year. They built their band on you know, proper old school ways of doing it, landing good tours, writing good songs, radio support. Yep. And so I would was teaching them these ways of social media. And the great thing about Nonpoint is they were incredibly open to everything. And with doing that and with them realizing how open and like how much they could do and how important social media was to their careers um, in this day and age, they started to realize like how much they could do themselves um and that's where those conversations started leading down and i come from working with with sumo psycho who you know we did everything independently we didn't do things with a record label or a big budget we made it work so me coming from that background and then them coming from that background that's that's how that (laughs) (laughs) tied all together six one records was formed yeah yeah (laughs) right yeah Awesome. Real quick, I did want to shout out. I do love your new design just because you mentioned it. Uh, t-shirt designs, the new design for the, the non-point Halloween shirt. It's it's awesome. I oh, just thank to you. Shout that out real quick. Dan was thank checking you. that out. He's like, I think I might have to get one of these. So. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. No, that that one's one of my favorites too because I that was actually uh, on their last tour with Seven Dust. I did a t-shirt design of them all jumping mm-hmm. yeah because um, i always think like you go to an on-point show you know it's high energy you're gonna get jumps all that <laughs> stuff so i was like yep. put that on a t-shirt and then uh with halloween coming around i was like what could i do and i was like i'm gonna turn them all into skeletons just take that exact same <laughs> 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 but i loved it yeah <laughs> oh it's awesome so you kind of at this point so, so you know the basics i guess of photography it would be more just like the concert and we're just taking trying to get some really good shots live Mm-hmm. you've gone beyond that now into where you're also you're like at least part maybe entirely i don't know you can answer this like the conceptor behind stuff like i remember mm-hmm. last year when they, they put out the ruthless video and there was like i don't remember if it was behind the scenes or somebody was talking about but you had that whole photo shoot where it's like close-up face shots like shad- shadowed black and white the only mm-hmm. color in the whole scene is just like drips of blood mm-hmm. from them 
And they yeah. were, and I remember them giving you, you credit for that idea, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Well, when we launched 361 Records, we knew because the guys are going on EPs mm-hmm. for these releases. And we talked about the art at the beginning. You know, we're not winging it as we're, we're going along. And one of the things I always felt like was that I wanted EGP and the projects to feel like they belong together mm-hmm. so that people understand that even though it's, it's not a full album, they all belong together. Um, the EPs will 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 come together in the end. So <laughs> that meant the art and the planning of it. So I wanted everything to kind of have themes that blended together. And so like that meant colors and palettes, uh, the red blood drip, because they were doing like the, the ruthless um thing so then when i did the music video for it i was like i kind of (laughs) want (laughs) to tie that all in together too because i can't help myself (laughs) it was funny i remember we first talked with jason i I kind of like naively asked him i was like if we sent you a shirt like would you wear that on stage and he was like ordinarily yeah but he's like but non-point has a vibe now he's like, he's, like, yeah. he's like we have things he's like i can't really like break from that we got a thing we're going for here and you see <laughs> yeah. that you see him on tour and there's a lot of like kind of matching outfits or at least very color coordinated obviously and that kind of thing and so that's like really cool to have this like holistic kind of thing going on with with everything that is part of it you can tell that you guys put plenty of of pre-planning and thought into that yeah i mean red has always been one of non-points colors and yeah. I've I've always seen that. I mean, look at the poison red. Yeah. Name yes. alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and I wanted people to understand that, like, too, from a from a standpoint that when Nonpoint has a release, they know it's a Nonpoint release without having to to read that it's a Nonpoint release. And like mm-hmm. all the n- yeah. noise of social media and all these things, I wanted people to start getting familiar. Like, oh. You know, and there's other bands that do that, like Beartooth did that for a long time. They had that that tint of purple they put on everything. And um, it works like when they announced that they were on a festival the same day, 20 other huge bands are posting the same flyer that they're playing Rocklahoma or, you know, incarceration or any of these things. They shaded theirs purple. So you knew Beartooth was playing nice. scrolling through without even having to read. That's brilliant. And that's that kind of brilliance that I'm like, it, it, it helps people, you know, it helps people establish like, Oh, non-points playing without having to know it or read it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested to see that. I won't ask a particular question about it because I don't want to like feel like pressuring you into like spoiling anything or revealing anything. I'm sure you wouldn't anyway, but the fact that you already have like this very particular framework for the aesthetics of this band to work with is makes it very interesting to to wonder like where you're gonna go in the future. Yeah. Like it would be out of place if you decided, hey, we're gonna throw some random purple and stuff, most likely. <laughs> you have to figure out how to do that. <laughs> for this, I, for have, this I, band. Have, I have that debate sometimes. I'm like, what did I do to myself? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm stuck with this this poison red forever. I know. I know. I, I'm just like, oh no. And I mean, I do, I do things like there's orange on the Halloween shirt, guys. I gave, I put red there too. And people have actually bought more of the red than they have the orange. So nice. I don't know. People still seem to gravitate. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, there's plenty of opportunities and it's obviously like a, a challenge that you're rising to meet. Okay. Like, you know, we'll take this established brand that they have and mm-hmm. expand on it so much. And I think it's really interesting, the idea that you know, mentioned them being around for 25 years. It sounds more or less like you're instrumental and in kind of, I guess, teaching them in a sense, the whole idea of what you're saying. Like now, Nonpoint's reputation is made on good music, hard touring, being friendly to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, that is all good. Keep doing that. Also, you have to put out content in other medias at this point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're able to kind of bring them into a more modern time where a lot of bands that don't have that kind of help in that way are going to have a lot harder time making it and continuing on at that point. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Nonpoint that is what I really enjoyed when I first started working with them, and uh, no one ever disagrees with this. They put on one of the best live shows there is, just in their manpower. It's not even production or anything like that. Those five guys, the way they are as musicians, how tight they are, and then their energy, like they are like the best band I've photographed live. And they 
have a, such a hardcore fan base because they know that. And so that's where I was kind of like, well, you know, let's never change that because <sighs> that's that's them. Yeah. But what what can we do that is going to add things to other aspects that they may not have done right that fans will enjoy and appreciate and the content and the social media side of things like i'm always really uh you know flattered i've had people come up to me at shows on tour that say that they think they're thanking me because because they've been a fan for so long but what they know when i came in they got to actually see like more of their band favorite band in moments that they didn't get to see. Right. And that really touches people that I can't, I can never, you know, I'm just like, all right, yeah. I, I have a lucky job. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that it brings up what you just said there brings up a, a question. I'd be entertained to hear about. Um, have you ever had with about necessarily naming any names? Has anybody ever tried to sort of poach you and your services from, from nonpoint since uh, in the last couple of years? <laughs> um, I I mean I've definitely had new opportunities because of nonpoint. I wouldn't say anyone's tried to take me on from the <laughs> amount of like to the level that they have yeah. where they're like, oh no, you're you're now ours and you're gonna be touring and uh <laughs> you know and and working as a creative director on all on all our things. But I get um photo shoots and like creative direction projects but not to the full full scope i mean i i got a job uh back in july from theory of a dead man um because they saw uh this design the uh, yeah shirt design uh, yeah. i did their ruthless uh shirt and uh, they really liked that that they hired me to do a couple art pieces for them so it definitely i get work from them but i haven't been poached <laughs> okay okay just curious yeah <laughs> Kind of hard to poach the the founder of the of a record label at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it relates to something else that we were we were kind of wondering was you know whether at this point is nonpoint and three sixty one taking up all your time or do you still have time for other stuff? Uh, it goes through waves. Um, but yeah, I mean, nonpoint I do say is is uh, is a full time project. I definitely work on it every day. Um, some days like ten to twelve hours. Some days three or four but mm. i definitely work on them full-time but i still have like my roots as a photographer um i always consider like photo shoots one of my master favorite um projects and one of my master skill sets yeah and so i will always make time if anyone asks me for a photo shoot i will always make time for that because that's to me also like one of my priorities uh career-wise so very cool Speaking of like photo shoots, like, do you feel it's easier to photograph subjects that inspire you with their talents? Like nonpoint, obviously, like you said, they're amazing, talented people as well as Sumo Psycho. Um, or does it, is it just, you know, does it matter? I guess is my question. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, photographing people I've learned, like when I first got into photography, I always thought it was going to be like, cool, get to make art. And then like, yeah. <laughs> when I got into music, I was like, cool, creative people with creative people, you know? <laughs> um, and the more I get into it, I realize like photography plays different roles on different people, depending on who you're working with. You learn a lot about people's psyche, actually, in, mm -hmm. in photography. You learn about what they're comfortable with, not comfortable with. Um, how they see themselves, how they carry themselves. And the quicker you can break the ice with people when, you, when you're working with them, the better and easier a shoot will go. So like with Sky, we've known each other since we were teenagers, never an issue breaking the ice yeah. <laughs> and, and figuring it out. Um, and Sky always kind of, she was, she knew some shoots were a guinea pig thing, like we were trying it and seeing if it would work. And, you know, so there was never a pressure on our shoots, um, with nonpoint because I, they started working with me candidly, like where I was just kind of a fly on the wall. They were doing their thing on stage and doing, living their day, how they usually do. And I was just trying to blend in and and <laughs> capture it they got used to me being around with a camera so much that they stopped thinking about it yeah so when i i just did another photo shoot with them at the beginning of september um 
ironically, like my first photo shoot with them in person, <laughs> considering I've been working with them for a few years. The last oh, wow. photo shoot I did with them, I did remotely because of the pandemic. Oh, right. Right. Um, so we did it over Zoom. I had a friend of mine, uh, Jim Peterson. He he got all the gear. I sourced. I told him gear, locations, everything I wanted to do, drew sketches of how everything had to set up. And he set it all up for me. And then he remotely wow. brought me in through Zoom. <laughs> yeah. and. I did not have, know that that was a thing. <laughs> in the pandemic, you had to invent. Right. Right. Yeah. Holy cow. Now so, I have to go look back on those and see that because that's really interesting. Yeah. All the all the photos from that, like the one with the guys walking out of the white, um, mm-hmm. that one was done remotely. The one that came out with during the Ruthless uh, song with the red lighting and the they're all wearing black, all that was done remotely. Um but I got to do this photo shoot with them in person at the beginning of September. And I was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> and it was so comfortable because we we all know each other just so well. So it just it was easy and it was easy to create. Those days are always a lot of fun with with other newer clients. I usually have to kind of mm-hmm. try and break the ice a little bit and get them comfortable. And so I'll schedule in a day like the first hour or two of the shoot to just be about <laughs> yeah. kind of like. No, not pressuring them, just kind of yeah. chilling and making gonna, friends. So <laughs> chum around for a little bit and then we'll, yeah. we'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we understand that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to touch on the pandemic a little bit. One of the the main articles that we saw that you, it was a print article and it was released February of 2020. So it was like all this future things that were supposed to happen <laughs> and then like none of it happened yeah so, <laughs> so the story of 2020 basically yeah, <laughs> none of it happened yeah <laughs> <laughs> whatever you thought you were gonna do you didn't it didn't happen <laughs> so just um just the challenges that you kind of had when trying to launch the record label and everything else is just kind of crazy stories that i mean the documentary that you that you did was kind of out of that as well which was very entertaining to watch as well mm-hmm. well the, the interesting thing about that time was i uh yeah like i i always say this is a funny thing though it wasn't funny at the time right um i got approved for my u.s work visa the day before the border closed <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was like an excruciating, like seven month process to get the visa, a lot of money so that we could start all these plans. And I got approved and then they closed the border the next day. Uh, and I was like, Ugh. and and it, we had those conversations because the guys were so invested in all our plans and they they wanted to do it with me that they ended up being forced to stop. Yeah we had those conversations during 2020 where they wanted to release music and, and all these things. And I said, well, you're going to need your marketing assets, your social media assets, all these things. And I'm like, you can hire a photographer out there. I totally get it. This is not normal time. Yeah. Yeah. But they had such a loyalty to me. And I mean, it's, it's very kind that they, they really wanted to do it with me. So they were willing to wait until yeah. the, you know, everything kind of opened up a little bit. So awesome. Wow. Yeah. That was a wild story. (laughs) (laughs) But I I did, I met them part of the way because that was the thing when we did the ruthless music video and the ruthless photo shoot, um, the borders weren't open, but Mm -hmm. we felt in order for the guys to kind of get ahead of the bottleneck of everyone, because that red light that happened happened to everyone. So yep, everyone right. was stopping. And then as soon as the green light went, we were like, it's going to be saturated and hard to go. And I was like, I don't want you guys to be behind because now you can fly me in and do promo assets. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know, while everyone's already then ahead of you. So, you know, we, f- we figured out how to do it. And in the pandemic, when everyone was doing streaming, we experimented with that. And when I realized that we could, do creative stuff through a feed i was like all right (laughs) let's try with a photo shoot first and right we did because that's that's where i'm most comfortable with and i was like if the photos look like crap i'm i'm a good photoshop person i'm like i can probably fix this if it (laughs) turns into a disaster so let's start with that 
<laughs> and we did that photo shoot remotely and it went really well actually and then uh then we did the music video for ruthless i did that uh remotely as well i directed that from home here in canada that's amazing <laughs> it's awesome my first my first ever music video i directed and i did and you weren't even there <laughs> <laughs> the first or another way to swear that would be the first handful of of murders that you directed yes Basically. <laughs> That's how I felt doing it remotely. <laughs> that, what a, a heck of an intro to the music video world. <laughs> I know. I was like, all right, I, I, I didn't just dip my toes in. I went full, like, in the deep end, swimming with sharks. <laughs> yeah. We're going to give Elias a baseball bat and see what happens. Yeah. We'll... <laughs> it, it was funny, though, because when at the time that was happening and we the guys were all duct taped to the chairs, I was watching this through a feed. I was like, I'm going to see like this, the FBI crash in. And I'm just going to be here on a feed. Yeah. <laughs> She's the mastermind behind this. <laughs> and they're her. all getting arrested. <laughs> Fantastic. That's awesome. I got a, a quick sidetrack on that, if I can. Um, <laughs> you mentioned promo assets just as a little nerdy behind the scenes kind of thing. Like top of mind, like what, what, pieces are was you is included on your list of okay here's what we need to put together for this campaign or whatever yeah i mean there's the there's the basics like you have to have of course your album cover mm -hmm. which in this day and age also has to be animated it can't just yeah. be a static piece of art and then you want some promo press shots so when anyone talks about it like you guys you guys have a new picture yeah to look at so everything feels new and fresh on that stand of things and then then there's the more nitty-gritty things that people that probably don't realize happens like getting the guys to film one-liners for advertising that basically <laughs> says like hey i'm a i'm elias from nonpoint and i have a new song out on spotify click here to listen you know yep. those yep yep those those things too that uh and you know even radio station shout outs they have to do all those assets <laughs> yeah well thank you i was just curious. yeah we're trying to we're we're interested in getting into the weeds on this kind of stuff and so mm -hmm. yeah which by, by the way we'll ask you to do that uh at the end of the, the formal interview as well for for podcast uh liners and whatnot all so. right <laughs> yeah you can re record one of your own if you're if you're open to it yeah <laughs> On the same kind of topic regarding inspiration from your talents, on the flip side of that, without naming any names, have you ever had to do a photo shoot for someone that you just were not excited about? <laughs> and if so, like what helps you get through those situations? I've had, uh, I, I've never really had anyone that I wasn't excited about, but I've had people I have been excited about. And then when I got there, <laughs> they weren't into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, that I think is harder. Because right. you were excited and you came in and then you can't get everyone else um, excited yeah. about it. And the more I've learned about it, I think it is with everything. It's, it's a job yeah. at the end of the day. And your job is to create something that they're looking for. That's why they are there or that's why they asked you to, to take their picture. So you have to just kind of push through it and you have to figure out ways to build up morale. I, I do things where um, like I always have assistants on my shoots and I always pick people based on th their personality in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. If they're an easygoing, happy personality and I'm feeding off that and we're, we've got good banter yeah. on set, it usually gets contagious and goes around. Um yeah. So I, I kind of plant a little of those like psychological seeds <laughs> <laughs> into making a better experience. But the, but I've definitely I've had photo shoots where I was like, wah, wah, that was not as like <laughs> <laughs> not how I'd hoped. But it's still I'm fortunate that I've I've never had a photo shoot that like didn't the client wasn't happy with where they didn't use it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm lucky in that sense that every experience I've had, whether it was as great or as fun as some others or or whatnot, the photos usually always get used and they're happy at the end with the results. So that's all that matters. Yeah. 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 Good. 
so I'm curious now, like, you know, you're so invested with the, with the non-point guys, like, is there a live show that they play that you're not there taking pictures at, or are you always there every live show? I'm not always there. Usually uh, when they have one-offs, Okay. if they have uh they had a couple in August where they had like uh, one every weekend, one in Wisconsin, one in Michigan. Uh, I didn't come in for those. I usually come in when there's like a steady stream of them mm-hmm. to go. But if there's like really good ones, usually I will like go, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joining on this one. Yeah, yeah, the, reason, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I bring that up is, is uh, does that mean you're going to be on Shiprocked with them? That's well. that's that's the plan. Awesome. <laughs> that was that was my plan as well this past year. And I'm hoping it's my plan again. So I'm hoping that it comes to fruition. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and the thing about Shiprock, like because I did the first Shiprock with them. Shiprock always has a good vibe. The community, of course, on the boat is really nice. But uh, from a content standpoint, getting the guys on vacation together and just, you know, out on the beach with their families and they're all just having a good time. Like that's not always a thing that people get to see. I always argue that that's worth getting. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my question. Like, yeah, is this like a, a this is really vital to get because it's like rare or is this a we're going to leave you alone and just let you do this? Yeah, without <laughs> I could see I could see both. It's funny because like the uh, dolphins video we just posted yesterday. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> that post has done well for them. And it's because people like to see like, oh, yeah, the guys are just kind of goofing off and playing with dolphins. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, that's something that you don't get every day on a tour or. And so those kind of moments, I do uh, look for them. I mean, there are always logistics in mind like for example if if the guys wanted to go to europe i would love to go to europe i would love to argue for me to go to europe because that's again different content (laughs) that fans haven't seen um but then there's the logistics that come into play of like all right well then you gotta pay for more flights flights to europe aren't very cheap so you know then those those things start to weigh in so you know but I, I, I always say, yes, bring me. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. As you, now, makes sense. And when you mentioned, you mentioned fly in, bring in um, most, I don't know of all, but most of Nonpoint is based in Chicago at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And are you still then based uh, in the, I think it was the Toronto area? Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm based just outside Toronto. Elias is based in Michigan. And okay. then uh, Jason, I think is more Indiana, but he, uh, is closer to Chicago and then the other uh, three are in Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Are there any plans in the near future for 361 to expand beyond just nine point? Yeah. I mean, we get that question a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you probably can't say too much, but we're always curious about that. (laughs) I I mean, I, we're always open. I think the, I would love for 361 to sign another artist and to definitely go down that with with another artist um the thing for for us i think is really it really is about non-point at the moment because that's the thing we we took them on this career path and they're they're heading it on their own and that requires a lot of time and energy i firmly believe as the guys went this direction that I wouldn't want to sign another artist unless we really knew we could really like do yeah. a lot for them. And that's, that's also part of it. Like I, I would never want to sign an artist and be like, Oh, we signed you. Cause we think you're good. <laughs> but just so you know, <laughs> we also like, we gotta, we gotta work on non-point a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it sounds like it is a lot. So yeah. 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 Is that even bandwidth that you have? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the thing with Nonpoint and 361 is I think the goal is to just keep growing it, keep growing Nonpoint and 361, and then open those doors for other bands to to come come through with us. But I, I feel like we have still some work to do on the front end for, for us on that side. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Our our last little section here, if you've do you have a, a little bit more time, maybe 10 more yeah. minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. So our little rapid fire section, typically we asked artists about other artists, but with you, we're going to switch it up kind of a little bit, but uh, we'll start with a tried and true one, uh, a song or an album that changed your life. 
Oh, Tragic Kingdom. All right. All right. All right. Uh, on the flip side of that question, a photo or a project that you did that changed your life? Ruthless. <laughs> All right. Um, a photo that you're especially proud to have taken? Uh, that that Dove's photo of Nonpoint with the white background and them walking out, that's one of my favorites. All right. Um, what would be a dream tour that you would want to shoot? Like, what are some artists that you could throw together just at random that you would want to shoot? So, like, different lineup? Yeah, yeah. Your your dream lineup that you we'll, would want we'll to... Presume, yeah, we'll presume yeah. Nonpoint's on there. but <laughs> and, probably, and probably Sumo as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I would do like something really cool, like where you have like Mudvayne, Nonpoint, and then like Sumo Psycho. You know, I think uh, you've got the eeriness and then the high energy. Um, <laughs> yep. That would be really cool. Yeah, like that. That's actually a great tour idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love, I would love to watch that tour, to be honest. <laughs> All right. Put it up there. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. We always try to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what is an album that is all killer and no filler? Isn't that a Sum 41 now? Ah! <laughs> we, we did that on purpose because when we <laughs> when we interviewed Sky, that was her answer. So <laughs> we had to change the wording of the question because Sky gave the objectively correct answer. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so we're like, let's ask Francesca and see if she says the same thing or not. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> so, so an album, yeah, all killer, no filler, or no, an album with no skips. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh man. Um. What album do I not skip? Honestly, like in this day and age, uh, I've been doing like a lot of Billie Eilish. Um, yeah. Throw that one in there. Yeah. From my pop, weird, yeah. moody pop stuff. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, I want to actually. Yeah. Isn't there might there's a question I want to add to this list sometime in the future because we're always I'm always surprised and interested to hear how many people the kind of music that they're involved with isn't necessarily the kind of music that they go to on their own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's usually a pretty drastic difference for a lot of folks and I find that really interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean so, uh those that kind of artist like Billy Eilish is someone that if I I would I would probably do anything to like get a chance to work with her cuz her visuals um and her music are just like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that might this might be the same answer for that as well but what is a, a band that everyone should see live i mean i'm gonna say like non-point oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're taking for granted that people should or or or, or have already done that. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's an artist other than non-point that more people should know Sumo Psycho. <laughs> oh, we, we walked into these ones. Guys. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. No, that's 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 great. We love it. Um, well, yes. Thank thank you for your for your time. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, it's kind of funny when we were you shared our interview with Sky on your socials, and so we uh, sent a message to you just thanking you for that. And then we were actually watching the oxymorons play as we were like essentially booking this interview so, oh, no. we're in the middle of, yeah in the middle of seeing a show and casey's like i think i just booked our next interview <laughs> i was like ah, he's that's funny on, he's always yeah. on the clock that's <laughs> <laughs> no but we we really appreciate it anytime you want to come back on the show and hype up anything or have the guys come on and and do anything we'd love to have you back yeah, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, and yeah, maybe I'll be your new Jason. You'll just start yeah. having me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I kind of think of Nonpoint as like our first like podcast house band. To be honest, yes, you are now the third the third different person because uh, Rob joined Jason the first time, mm -hmm. and then Jason did solo the second time, and then you know future plans as well. So we're like, this is kind of like a relationship that we're building, and we've had conversations with so many bands with Sky. We've talked with Matt James of Blacktop Mojo, who I know is kind of in the in the loop there too. And Skin Dread, yeah, Skin Dread, Skin Dread. Wow. I just, yeah, I feel like we're like interacting with so many artists that are in yep. this world, this circle together. 
Yeah, well, we're 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 all a big family, really. At the end of the day, so you know, you 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 get in with one of us, you get in with all of us. So there you go. Yeah, <laughs> we're trying. Another one was uh, Joey of Varsity as well. Ah, oh, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Yep. <laughs> So, well, yeah, thank you again for your time. We really, we had a great time and uh, this is, you're incredibly informative. This will be very, uh, very cool insight into a different part of the music world that we don't get to explore as much. Thank you. I, uh, I, sometimes I realize because I live it so much that I don't realize that it's like even me nerding out yeah, <laughs> when yeah, talking about right. stuff, like when I talk about assets and things like that, they're like, that's just normal the way my brain thinks. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. She's talking about assets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's right. the kind of nerding out we want. That's yes. what we're going for. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> we appreciate it. So why should I run from paper tigers? Why should I run from paper tigers? Just cause you scratch, good orange and black. Just cause you scratch, good orange and black. Just cause you scratch, good orange and black. So that was our conversation with Francesca Ludicar. One of the things that I absolutely enjoyed is you can definitely tell why artists and people have gravitated to Francesca over time because she's just has this very good storytelling ability. She's very funny and like it's just effortless. Uh, that's one of the things I, I, I truly appreciated is that she not only did she have like great stories, she had good punchlines that were really funny and had us rolling. Uh, so I, it, yeah, it's just, it's no doubt like that people just kind of gravitate to somebody like that. Yeah. And the other cool thing I think is just how dedicated she is to everything that she does. Like she's, she, puts the time and the effort to be top notch at whatever she's doing. Yes. And that's very evident when you see her, her story. <laughs> well, it's funny too, is like another reason why I'm really glad we did something like this. Uh, that's not, you know, just another artist is because I'm pretty naive. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm just, I, I, <laughs> I never put two and two together until like <laughs> these conversations happen. And so like when she's talking about doing like the t-shirts designs and all like their, their, the website designs, I'm just like, oh yeah, I guess that would make sense that she's doing that. Cause she's the creative director. Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know for whatever reason, like I never would have figured that she would do t-shirt designs and all that yeah. stuff. Like it just, it, it just never clicked, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I didn't like that. Just, like finding that stuff out is one of the reasons why I was excited to do this. Yeah, yeah. The, the music videos, the album art, like everything you have seen, literally probably everything you have seen since Nonpoint kind of reemerged, like post pandemic or whatever. Yeah. The visuals have almost certainly been her work or at least heavily her work. And what and whether that's her physically doing it or uh, directing it remotely. Yeah, I had no idea of all <laughs> the things I know you had to do a lot of stuff remote during the pandemic, but directing a photo shoot virtually is crazy to me <laughs> especially one that turned out so well like that, yeah that, like she said that that picture of them walking away from the white that is one of the coolest and most iconic pictures because it's just i mean it's such a good silhouette of non-point mm -hmm. and they have such distinctive characters non-point is a very camera friendly band they're yeah, a very yeah, camera friendly band because of you know, mostly because of all the dreads, to be honest. It's fun <laughs> to watch. It's fun to watch dreads flow around. And so there's a lot of hair in that band. But yeah, her work with them is really, really fantastic stuff. So good, in fact, that uh, that Dan decided to take her up on uh, one of the designs that she's recently created. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to be for sale by the time that this episode drops. But I definitely had to get one of those Halloween shirts that she talked about in the episode. And I was excited, too, because like, I, I didn't realize that I didn't have a non-point shirt after being fans of this band for 25 years. Just for whatever reason, just didn't have one. So now I now I am the proud owner of a non-point shirt. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that I will be rocking on Ship Rocked. That's right. <laughs> now, if we can just get non-point to rock its shirt somewhere. <laughs> on Ship Rocked. Not on Ship Rocked. <laughs> 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 uh, maybe maybe we can Why talk not? to Francesca about uh, ch uh, collaborating with a non-point logo and an itch logo. She so doesn't have go. to stick to the poison red. 
<laughs> you know, I, I will. Um, I would love to uh, offer a suggestion that if they come through St. Louis, if they could just support all itch gear during that St. Louis show, <laughs> like, that would be, be a dream come true. You are really trying to throw off the emperor's groove here with, yes. with your. <laughs> I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I know it won't happen because they they definitely have a theme, and it, it makes it makes their their stage show, uh, you know, really awesome. Yeah. Somewhere you may or may not be able to see Francesca in the coming weeks is on a very small string of dates that Nonpoint is going to be doing between Christmas and New Year's. They've got four shows scheduled in Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin, so they're not going too far from home. Uh, I can't promise whether she'll be on there, but I can definitely recommend that you go see the band at one of those dates if you happen to be in the area. I'm thinking about making the trip up to Milwaukee for it. I don't know. It's tempting. Awesome. It's very <laughs> tempting. <laughs> if you're interested in seeing Francesca's work or hiring her, because as she mentioned, you know, it is possible to get to get some time in there. <laughs> You can check her out at francescaludicar.ca. We'll link to this all in our show notes. Uh, 361degreesrecords.com. You'll see some of her stuff there, as well as nonpointstore.com. It's everywhere. So we'll have plenty of links. Uh, Check out the work she's done. It's very good stuff. And uh, we're happy to, to promote a little bit here. So thank you very much for listening to the Itch Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, why should I run from paper tigers? If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. We've had some scares with the, did we, did we remember to hit Thank, record? Thankfully, thankfully when we've interviewed somebody, we've never been like, Oh crap, we didn't hit the record, but yeah, <laughs> I, I get that uh, stress though. Cause I've had that with uh, content. It's like, gosh, did, <laughs> did I get that moment? <laughs> I, really yeah. oh, man. I did. Yeah. Right. Like, do I have, a, I have a backup of a backup? Cause if I lose yeah. this, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's kind of my nightmare of these is like, we're going to do like a whole great interview and then it's going to not have recorded. And I'm like, well, <laughs> that was that one's gone forever. Keep, <laughs> yeah. That's what keeps me up at night too. <laughs> <laughs>